Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Mother Days podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Wright Olson. And I'm Teresa Palmer. We are so excited. <laughs> we are so excited. We have the most amazing Taylor Page with us today. I already feel her heavenly presence. I already feel high vibes, I know, me guys. Too. Sarah, you have an amazing oh. introduction here. Let's um, tell our daisies who the amazing Taylor Page is. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? A splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco. Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so if you don't already know Taylor Page, I actually found Taylor um, through the To Be Magnetic podcast, the expanded podcast. And I was sort of scrolling through one day. I had like a long drive to go on. And so I was like, oh, I really, everybody, all the daisies know that this year has been my year of tapping into my like spirituality a little bit more. And whoa, weirdly, as I was just saying that, it like made me feel so emotional. Um, but you know, as I was scrolling through, I saw your name and I saw this um, episode and I was like, wow, this sounds so cool. And so I started listening and your voice, Taylor, is so amazing. It automatically just makes me feel so calm. And I, I wrote Teresa earlier today and I was like, she just makes me like, I just love hearing her talk, you know. Yeah. Um, so Taylor Page is an intuitive and an angel reader. She's a birth chart astrologer. Um, and if you don't really know what that means, we're going to let her explain all of that. But um, I love to think of it as like this connection to your 
angel, your spirit guides, your team of light, your intuition, um, you know, from everything that I've seen, the work that she's done. It's this like beautiful, effervescent uh, frequency, this joyful um, feeling and intuition that, you know, you get. And so, um, Taylor, we would love for you to um, jump right in and kind of tell us a little bit about your work and how you found your way into this field. Yes, thank you so much for that. Um, I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Um, So yeah, I'm an angelic intuitive. That was my entry point into this work because like most people, I had a fearful relationship with my intuition and my spiritual gifts. And so angels were the natural entry point for me to this work because it was just pure, unconditional love and joy. And it's less about predicting the future or controlling outcomes. It's all about honoring your free will and creating your highest Mm. timeline in the present moment. I personally believe that we create the future in the present moment. And I feel like that's the most empowered type of energy is to make a new decision here and now what we want to create for ourselves. So that's been my entry point. Um, This year was really big for me in my practice because ever since I was young, I could see past loved ones, spirits, people who have passed on, which are actually different than my definition for angels. I know people sometimes conflate angels with past loved ones, and that's totally fine because they watch over us in a similar way. But my definition for angels is a type of energy that's never been human and whose purpose is to help us connect and remember our higher self and really remember who we are. Um, Mm. And so, yeah, this this year I've developed more into my mediumship abilities, which has been really exciting. Um, I've had a lot of loss in my life and it just kind of catapulted me into this space. And then, yes, I'm an astrologer as well. So (laughs) can't just do one thing. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like those things all sort of Uh, go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. It's like sister languages. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, Sarah and I, we are so, we're diving deep on this journey because I don't know, her and I both found that this year it was something that we wanted to tap into. And we, Sarah sent me the um, podcast that you did with Expanded Podcast. And there was something that resonated on such a deeper level, which was healing your witch wound. And I'd love to talk about that. I grew up very Catholic and even the word witch, you you talk about like what that conjures up for people. It feels dark. It feels scary. It's um, the unknown or taboo. And I also had that same feeling surrounding tarot cards. And now I've been dabbling a little bit with tarot cards and just getting, showing more of an interest in that area, which feels wild to me because I obviously grew up with beliefs that meant that any of that stuff was very evil. So could you speak a little bit about the witch wound and how that sort of dampens our intuition and our willingness to take a look at some of these gifts that each and every one of us can have? Absolutely. So there's a lot of misconceptions around the idea of the witch wound. A lot of people think of it as you or a family member or someone literally got taken to be unalived in front of the community for literal witchcraft. But that's not only what I'm talking about when I talk about the witch wound. The witch wound is a result of what I like to call patriarchal PR. And it's basically a pain body 
for the female psyche wound that we all carry that it's unsafe to be seen, inconvenient, heard, uh, better than average, and basically generations of of our ancestors, no matter where you live in the world, because most societies have their own version of this, would have grown up witnessing women or people that were inconvenient to capitalism, patriarchy, these burgeoning new systems coming in, being taken out of the way, whether that was somebody who remembered the ancient goddess worships uh, and those religions and pass that down orally, they would have been taken out if they wouldn't confront form. Whether it was people who were midwives or healers that weren't allowed to go to the new medical school and were in the way of people that wanted to take medicine in a new direction, they would their wisdom would be pushed down. And actually, mm. you know, older women used to be the morality keepers for society. They used to be the heart of society, no longer bleeding. So they're connected to the collective energy instead of their own cycles. Wow. And they were like the most sacred, wise ones and wisdom keepers. And that's why the image of the witch is purposely old. Everything that you see about the witch is perfectly designed. And the older women were exactly who they wanted to get rid of because one, they could no longer birth workers for their capitalistic society. Two, they wouldn't be like a wife to somebody. They weren't, you know, seen through the male gaze as valuable. And three, they held ancient wisdom that spoke out about where our society was going. And so that's part of the witch wound as well, is our complex relationship to aging and seeing ourselves through the male lens instead of a lens of pure magical wonder and possibility in this lifetime. Wow. Wow, <laughs> wow that's fascinating. I mean, yeah, the witch wound is so multifaceted. There's a lot. Yes. I mean, I remember I heard you speaking about that, like, um, for that whole podcast. And I know, um, you know, when you were talking about the witch wound, you were also talking about how everybody has this ability to connect to their intuition and um, that a lot of times there's this fear surrounding it. And I think that what was so interesting, and this was that moment where I got a personal like download, you know, in that moment thinking like, this is so, this would be so interesting for moms because mm. um, for us, I think we're guided so much by our like intuition. And um, there's moments where we have these really intrusive thoughts as mothers. And, you know, sometimes it's like really hard to differentiate between fear and um, intuition. And so I'd love for you to speak to that to wow. all the moms that are listening. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, so first of all, I'm not a mom myself, but this is something that I know intuitively is coming for me soon. And that once it happens, I think motherhood is like such a point on the life map to deepening your spiritual practices and spiritual awakening. Yes. Like you're literally bringing a soul into physical form mm -hmm. and you're a bridge and a creatrix in that moment. And there's no way you can leave that experience without your ability to perceive spirit being changed as you birth yes. a new life, you're also reborn in that moment. So it's so powerful. That's the most beautiful <laughs> articulation of that experience that I've ever heard. 
Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm honored. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And so this is where it gets really tricky because intuition is like you just said, Sarah, something that every single person has access to. And it's highly intertwined with our physical body as our biggest divining tool. So our nervous system is a part of that process. And our nervous system actually speeds up when we connect with spirit so that we can raise our vibration and meet them halfway. So if our nervous Mm. system is overtaxed or we're holding on to heavy emotions or we're always in this anxious energy, that's so easy to conflate with intuition. And so I think Mm. nervous system and somatic healing is such an important element when you find yourself constantly going into fearful cycles of thought and mistaking it as intuition. So that's one part of it. The other part is that when you work with your angels, the messages will never, ever be fearful. Even if Mm. it's something that is difficult or challenging or that they want you to change, it will be solution-oriented, grounded in the here and now. So that's a really important distinction. And Mm, also it takes focus and concentration and a practice to connect to your intuition. You're not just going to be, I mean, this can happen where you just get a random download, but Intuition is purposeful, intentional, and quiet and subtle. And Mm. fear is the loudest thing in the entire world. And it screams at you and it goes on tangents. (laughs) And fear is based on the future of what's going to happen or the past of what has happened and hurt you already. And intuition Mm. is here Mm. in the present moment. So I think it's like almost impossible not to hear fear. (laughs) And that's normal for every single person. And where you become more masterful in your practice is when you can see the fear as an observer of uh, an observation of where you need deeper healing so that you can hear the intuitive messages. That Mm. is, that is so beautiful. And I, so I've recently been, I used to not want to talk about like manifesting and I, I, I felt um, like I wanted to keep that like to myself and to my friends and not be public on my journey with this. Um, because I'd experienced like a mocking tone, you know, in the media years earlier um, about any time I was open about spirituality, I would be mocked in some ways. And so I was always like keeping it close to me. And, you know, recently Sarah and I have just been talking about it. We're like, this is a part of our life that we are exploring right now and we love it and we're on this journey and we're not going to feel shamed. Um, And it's exploration as well. So we don't have all the answers we're just sort of finding our way through so I brought some like cards to work and I was working with some of the girls there and we were having some amazing experiences with these um with these cards really on point moments and someone asked me at work do you think anyone has the ability to tap into this work is everyone born with sort of a level of intuition and it's their conditioning that like quietens that part of themselves Um, or are there people who are just naturally more attuned to it they're born into it and they just have a natural sort of gift in this area I wanted to ask you about that because I actually didn't really know how to answer that I assume everyone can um, but maybe there are people who are more inclined to find this work a lot easier 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's so beautiful that you're doing the healing of your own witch wound work and showing up in this way. And I just want to say a side note about that is I often think that some of the strongest spiritual healing and align that the people come and incarnate into the exact circumstances that will test them in those lessons. So I don't think it's an accident that you're hearing the call and you're in the process of remembering at this moment and that you incarnated into these circumstances because often wise ones, past healers, past spiritually connected souls, which is everybody, but people who maybe did this in a more professional or consistent capacity, incarnate into the exact family line that need that light and healing. So I think that's so beautiful. All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, you smell so good. (laughs) It is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness, it's self-love, it's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. 
So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, a silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, Motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of Motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And yeah, I think that every, well, actually I don't think I know (laughs) that our intuition is an essential limb of who we are. It's not separate. It's not a special quote unquote thing that only select few have. That's part of the witch wound, that old narrative that tells us that we need an in-between between us and the divine to be a messenger and yes. preacher of those messages. We all have the ability to tune in ourselves, and society couldn't have gotten where it is today if everyone was in that power. So patriarchal PR strikes again. But um, yeah, I think just like with any other skill, whether you're a painter or an athlete or an artist, everybody's born with different gifts and it's no different in the spiritual world. So everybody can technically express themselves creatively and that's our birthright, but not everybody is going to be an amazing actor. (laughs) So I Mm -hmm. think with the spiritual gifts, it's the same exact thing. You can practice it, you can put your time towards it and you can develop it 100%. But some people are just born with that being their purpose of how they're meant to be of service in this life. And just because say you're an artist or say you're a a full-time mom or say you're anything else, that doesn't mean spirit isn't working through you. We're all blessed with our own individual gifts for different reasons. And we all have that connection to intuition and source, but some of us just are a little bit more with the volume turned up because that's what we were here to do. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. And (laughs) so cool too. I think for anybody who's like sitting here going like, wow, because I'm definitely one of those people that's sitting here going like for a long time, like I feel like I've had this intuition where I can sort of feel or see or understand things. And like, you know, when I was a child, I was afraid of so much. And I I heard you talking about this on your podcast on the podcast. And um, I was afraid of so much, but I always had this like underlying feeling that I was going to lose my dad when he was really young. Mm -hmm. I just kept feeling like one day I'm going to lose him. And um, and he's going to be young. And I felt like my childhood sort of was like, almost preparing me for that. And, you know, when he did pass, he passed young. He was like 53 years old and I was by his side. I was the one singing to him, holding his hand and like sort of gently helping him find his way into the next phase of life. Right. And so, um, for me, like, you know, I kept thinking like, wow, it's so interesting. Like as a little kid, I always thought that I had this 
this feeling that he wasn't going to be here. And then, you know, and I kept thinking like, how am I going to go on? Like, how am I going to survive? Like, what, what am I going to do without my dad? You know, cause I was so close with him. And, um, I just, now I think, you know, it opened up so much. I think grief like really opens you up in such a unique way. And, um, and I think it opened me up in a way and connected me to this like other part. And I just, I loved hearing you talk about that and I would love to you for you to talk about because you lost I heard that you lost your mother in like 2021 is that right and that sort of opened you up to this mediumship and you know helping others with touching with their like um with their loved ones and so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your mom and how she sort of helped you into this work and then um, talk a little bit about that with the mediumship. Yeah, absolutely. And I just have to say, um, as I was hearing you talk about that, I just felt your dad step in with you. It feels like he stands really close to you in spirit. And I feel such warm energy from him. Um, and it's uh-huh. interesting because he's like putting his hand on his heart like this. And I just feel like, Ugh. you know, there's just this sense of... I think you know what that means, but also I think there's just this sense yeah, of his heart (laughs) and him living in your heart and through your heart. So I have full body chills, but I actually felt a dad energy stepping in before. (laughs) Yeah, I felt that coming in before I even um, started recording with you guys. And I thought it's because I just came out of a mediumship circle, but I think it's actually (laughs) really beautiful. Um, Yeah, I mean... Grief and loss is something that we have been so sanitized to in this culture. It's like we don't talk about it. We don't celebrate the magic of the transition. Um, Going to Arthur Finley College and studying mediumship this year has been transformational for me because I mean, they speak to you. Just in a reading earlier today, someone was telling me, I'm her grandma, my name's Margaret, and this is my message for her. And she said, yeah, that was my mom's mom. Her name was Margaret. It's like, they get that specific. And so- Yeah, wow. Yeah, and and, I mean, there are just amazing mediums out there. And if you can talk, you're not truly dead. So our past loved ones, they never really die. They're in a different form and they are with us always and they can hear you. You don't need to go to a medium to Mm -hmm. talk to them. They can hear you. Um, So I just want to start by saying that. But yeah, I lost my mom to pancreatic cancer, which is like one of the worst ones in 2021. So sorry. It happened so suddenly. She was 63 um, and it happened three months before I got engaged. So it was a really interesting bittersweet time Mm. and then what's so interesting is that my father-in-law also had cancer and he passed the same week the following year (gasps) so while I was in hospice with my father-in-law it was the one year anniversary of my mom passing so my husband and I had a lot of grief around us and yeah I always kind of had this feeling that mediumship was something that I was meant to do, Um, but there was a lot of fear and resistance to it, um, especially because one of my main Claire's is feeling. And I mean, clairvoyance has developed as I've 
continued on the path, but I would like feel things and not be able to see them and I would get creeped out. Um, but then uh, you kind of learn like it's all love. It's all good. Like you can relax into it, but that's a journey in itself. And I actually think overcoming the fear is the rite of passage process to doing this work. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that grief, it it's another marker on the map like birth or death or losing someone where you are reborn. You're not the same person after you lost that loved one and that loved one is in your life. And neither are the people that cared about that person the same. And you almost Mm -hmm. have to relearn who you are again. And it's interesting because I saw this quote that was like, I'm butchering this, but it was something to the effect of, I run from my grief until it catches up to me one sunny afternoon on the street. And it's like, we're all just trying to be productive and continue. And then grief will just hit you. And I think that Mm -hmm. like to, to parallel grief with our spiritual practices, they're both a spiral dance. They're not linear. It's not like one day you're done with your grief and it's not like one day you're the best medium in the entire world. Both are a deepening, a spiral, an expansion, uh, sort of allowing to unfold. And I think that there's a lot of lessons, especially in becoming more compassionate and empathetic as you go through grief. And it just opens you up in that way. I was getting so emotional, Sarah. Like, yeah, I was really trying to stop myself from crying. Just now. I was like, what's happened? What am I getting hit by? Oh my gosh. But that's so, that's so profound. And I feel like there's comfort in knowing that your people are still around you and that you can talk to them at any point. And I've been feeling my Nana so much lately. And I so much so that we... I've been feeling her so much. And then I went to stay at this house in Kangaroo Island where my sons have been working on this film. And um, I walked into this house and I was like, oh, this is my grandma's house. It wasn't actually my grandma's house, but the carpet and the shape of it and the smells and it was just like I was transported back to them. And I came out the front of the house and the number was the same. It was number 17 and her house was number 17 as well. And I was like, (gasps) whoa, what? And I was like, oh, I had this three-day experience where I was like, I'm back with my grandma. I was like in the kitchen with her. Mm. I had my kids swinging around on the um, clothesline out the back. And I was like, I used to do this. Like I'm there's a reason I'm here. There's a reason I'm in this home. <laughs> and I just love those little moments in life where you can find meaning and everything just feels, to me, I feel comfort. That's the feeling. I feel comfort um, with all of these conversations. There's just a greater meaning for everything. And I wanted to ask you, how does your work fold in other areas of spirituality. I mean, a lot of people are talking so much about the law of attraction and what, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you unpack that within the sort of framework that you have? Is that hand in hand? Is that from the same source? Do you think, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I've thought a lot about the law of attraction. And I definitely think that there are some things that are just universal spiritual truths. And I think that the law of attraction has so much truth to it. The only thing that I think is dangerous about it or to look out for in our society is when privilege gets swept up into it. And certain people have more ability to attract what they want in this life than some people who might be chronically ill or disabled or mentally Mm -hmm. ill or whatever those things are. And I don't want those people listening who aren't attracting what they want or anything to think they're less loved or less spiritual because it's just not the truth. And so I feel like, my the closest thing that I can come up with with this is that Mm -hmm. do the best with what you can control and release the rest because there might be a bigger spiritual lesson that your soul came here to experience and when we make everything in our life 100% a reflection of our internal world I don't see that as completely fair because of people incarnating into completely different circumstances and Mm -hmm. I, I call it the x factor of chaos which is basically Uh, like say, for example, what's happening in certain parts of the world right now, like those people aren't necessarily not doing their work or not healthy on the inside or anything like that. So I think there is a a smaller circle, which is what we can control in our day to day life and what's in our power. And that's like the individual micro scale, which I think it applies to in a really powerful way. But then there's also a macro scale of the collective consciousness, society's lessons and things that we're here to help shift slowly over time. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think astrology reflects that in the ages. Like we're in between Mm. the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. And we can like see that. I mean, nothing is more reflective of that than religious wars, which would be the age of Piscean religion being shown over social media and the internet age of Aquarius and the two are blending Mm -hmm. in this really powerful way. So I feel like I'm going on a tangent, but overall, I know it's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. There's just a really important message that if you aren't born with the same level of privilege, don't compare your journey to anyone else. Do your personal best, do the best with what you can control. And please don't think that you're less supported by your angels or your guides if it doesn't look the same way for you. Wow. Mm. That is yeah, beautiful. I think that's a really, yeah, really good point. Mm. I know that you were, we were talking about uh, before, we were kind of talking about like kids in this work. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, my daughter and everybody, the, da- the daisies all know this, um, that listen to our show. But, you know, I was kind of talking about how I have, a daughter who told me that before um, before she was Earthside, that she was in the universe and that she was standing in line and she um, she was standing in my line. Like there were so many people and but she saw me and she was like, that's the mom for me and I'm going to stand in her line. And I know I'm going to have to wait a little while to come in, but I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was so interesting because it kind of came out of nowhere. And she's dropped a few of these things on me. Like, you know, one other little thing I'll give you is that she once was getting into the shower and turned around and told me how cute I was as a baby oh. and that she used to like hold me and that she would just like rock me. And I was like, wait, what? You know? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And she was like, oh, well, I was your mom. And then she like got into the shower 
And when I asked her, wait, you were my mom. And she was like, what? And I was like, you just said that you used to hold me as in she was just like, I didn't say that. And it was just this moment where she was so in it telling me the story. And then she like completely forgot that she had said that or it wasn't. And so I didn't want to feed her information either. So I just wanted to like ask you a little bit about that because I know that, you know, your mom talked to you as a child Mm -hmm. and that you had a similar story, which I thought was crazy to my daughter Esme's story. So can you um, touch on that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I was about to say, I have like the exact same story of telling my mom, like (laughs) I picked you and I wasn't sure about dad, but I knew I wanted to be your mom. (laughs) And that was like my mom's like happiest. She was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. yes, um, oh my that's God. amazing. Yes. Um, so my mom was a super mystical person. She was an astrologer herself. So I grew up speaking the language of the cosmos with her. And she wow. was a Pisces sun and moon in the 12th house. So she was just a mystical, wow. mystical lady for anybody who speaks astrology. I'm a Pisces. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that. I just love Pisces. Uh-huh. I'm a Scorpio. So. Yeah. Oh, um, that's a good match. So, I'm a very sensitive Libra. <laughs> oh, sweet. I love Libras too. <laughs> um, yeah. So my mom was very spiritually open. And even so, I still grew up with a level of fear and inability to articulate my experience. And so I just want to make a note that sometimes your kids are here to learn specific lessons that have nothing to do with you and might not be influenceable by you. So don't take it personally if you have a gifted child that fears their gifts or anything like that, because sometimes that might be their own path that they need to navigate. But that being said, um, kids come in like very connected, especially before the age of seven. Seven is what they call like the age of reason or rationality Mm -hmm. or whatever. And that's when they start the process of what I call the forgetting. So When you're before the age of seven, you're just like an open channel. And I think the best way to support that as a mom is to one, do your own healing the witch wound work on yourself so you don't project that fear Mm. onto your child and continue the legacy of that wound into a next generation. Um, It's okay if what they bring up might trigger you or scare you. Just try to hold space for them when they talk about it and then detangle the rubber band ball of your own experience after Write Mm -hmm. everything they say down because no matter what, almost every single person will forget these experiences because we're in a society designed for us to forget. Everything is designed for disconnection and forgetting consumerism, productivity. Everything is designed for us to forget. Even when we have a beautiful, miraculous reading or synchronicity, like a week later, we're like, did that really happen? Am I really supported? So everything Mm. is designed for us to forget. So write it down. Then what I really recommend you to do is to just talk to them about it. So, you know, if they're in that moment, be like, oh, really? What else do you see? Or how does that make you feel? Try to understand how their clairs are coming online. Are they just feeling things? Do they just know things? Do they see things? Do they hear words? Do they smell things? Do they taste something? Whatever. If they're like, oh, I grandma made her pie or whatever. Like sometimes even tastes come through psychically. So 
it can help your child later on if you start to understand how they work with spirit from a young age, because that's the roadmap for them to remember when they're an adult. And like I said, it's pretty much going to happen that they'll close up. They want to be normal. They want to play with their friends. They don't want to whatever. But each generation is coming online and fostered a little bit more. So it's not that each generation has the capacity to be more psychic. I think every generation does, but each generation has newer tools to help and more readily available information than the generations before. And so I think this next generation our generation or the previous generations have done enough work on ourselves to lay the foundation for the next generation to step into their gifts a little bit more. My youngest, she's three and I was recently pregnant and then I had a pregnancy loss. But Mm -hmm. while I was pregnant, I, she kept telling me that I was, there were two babies. Mm -hmm. She kept saying, there's two babies, there's two babies. And I was like, that's so crazy. Like it was way too early, first of all, to even be able to see that. And then secondly, I was like, I wonder what that means or if it means something. One of my friends, um, mom, she's like this amazing woman. And she said, I wonder if the reason why your daughter, her her daughter kept saying two babies is Mm. because she knew that there was one that was coming in and going out and then that there's another like she mm-hmm. could feel like the two souls you know yeah. and so yes. I just I don't know like it gives me a lot of goosebumps and it's very vulnerable to even say all of this out loud yeah. but I just wanted to put that out to you because I thought fo- I found it also fascinating and instead of like oh that's silly or she's little or like any of pushing I don't do any of that for me it was all like I was really an open listener to all of that yeah. information and mm. I just I don't know. I don't know what any of it means, but I find it also fascinating. I I think that's so beautiful and so special. And even that can be insight into some of her gifts. Like there are intuitives who specialize in fertility and spirit baby contact and things like that. So even that is really helpful for her in the future when she opens up. Like I have a friend who dreams when the next friend is going to be pregnant and it always happens. So there are certain people that just specialize in that form of connection. We're all on slightly different radio stations and we're all picking up different feeds because if we were Mm. all the same song or the same music, it wouldn't be as beautiful as the harmony of all of our gifts converging. And so, yeah, I think that is just so, so beautiful. And even in my sessions, you know, I see spirit babies that are around people something really common as well is seeing past loved ones holding the spirit baby that's going to come through and saying you know we already know them and so that's why sometimes your kids come in they're like oh like grandpa or whatever their chances are if they're already past that they were with them in spirit wow oh that's amazing I love that yeah so beautiful there's so much more going on Oh, do you ever get clients um, coming and asking you, like, please explain, like, what do you think happens when we die? And how do you think, do, are people yearning for the answers of like what the afterlife is like? And in your experience, I, I was listening um, to, because you do the most beautiful workshops. Um, so guys, Taylor has these amazing workshops that you can 
be a part of. And I've been working through um, developing your angel intuitive workshop. And then I'm going to move on to the witch wound, uh, the witch wound workshop, which I really Yay. need. But I decided to start in this other place. And you were talking about how there are just some things that we're not going to ever know. And then it's almost, it's too, it's too hard to even put words to what that afterlife is. And you said that in meditation, like you had that ball of like, it was an inverted light or it was like a black hole and then it inverted Mm -hmm. into light. And then you're like, you realize that actually you're not going to know exactly what it is. And that's the way it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Can you speak a little bit to that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what is that desire for us? Is it like the fear of the unknown and we want the answers? Um, I'd love to hear what you think about all of that. Yeah, I, that's such a good question. And I think there's so much to say about it because I think we incarnated into these physical bodies for a reason. Um, and it's part of human nature to project or project human consciousness onto the divine or filter it through our limited capacity to understand or anthropomorphize the divine. And so when it comes to that, just like you were saying, Teresa, I was sitting in meditation. I was like, I'm ready. I was like, angels, like show me like what happens after we die, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, it was just this black inverted black hole that was so bright. I could only look at it for a nanosecond of meditation and had to go, or I knew I was going to like not be able to hold that frequency in my body. And so it was really intense. And I think you know, there's so much mystery to life. And I think as humans on the micro and the macro, we're uncomfortable in the unknown. We are so uncomfortable in the in-between spaces and the mysterious spaces and not knowing. And so I think that it definitely boils down to the fear of not knowing. And I think part of the work of shifting back to love is trust falling back into this process of death and rebirth that's mirrored to us in nature around us. Everything Mm -hmm. feeds into new life once it dies. And truly all of the answers are hidden in nature if we stop to look and slow down enough. Um, And so, yeah, sometimes people come to me and I can't claim to have all of the answers and I never will, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt that our consciousness never dies, that our past loved ones still speak to us on the other side, that there's so much more. I mean, we're literally floating on a rock in the sky right now. Like there is so much more that (laughs) we do not understand. Um, And I find that so freeing how small we are in the speck of the cosmos. I just find it so freeing. Um, Yeah. I have to speak to something earlier that you said something about you had a friend. um, You have a friend who has people who like call her and say like, oh, you know, that they had a dream about her like getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, I am one of these people that people reach out to me and say, oh, I had this feeling about you. My one friend was like, oh, I dreamt that you were having a girl and I hadn't even told anybody I was pregnant and I I was pregnant with a girl, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is so crazy. And then another friend of ours just recently wrote me and she was like, you know, I didn't want to say anything to you, but I had this dream that you were pregnant, but it was your birthday, mm-hmm. which didn't line up with when you were supposed to like, give birth to your baby. And she's like, but I didn't know that you had had a pregnancy loss. Mm -hmm. And she was like, so 
I kept dreaming that it was your birthday. You were really pregnant. You were blowing out candles, but you were like about to give birth to a baby and you were just like <laughs> so overdue. But I don't know. I just find that so fascinating that there are some people where a lot like it's almost like signs are coming to them through others. Mm -hmm. Like, can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that or why that happens? Yeah, I think a big part of that is that you'll never miss a message that's meant for you. Spirit will find a way to show you, even if wow. it's through a friend or a loved one. And that might be a way that is just easier for them to get it to you. And they might have been sending you that sign or that feeling in other ways. And that was just the way that got through. Um, wow. And so I think there's a delicate mix because if you're in the professional space as a reader you I personally don't think it's ethical to just give messages to people I wait for them to right. ask me and then I feel comfortable doing that I know I'm like a projector as well so wait for the invitation but if you have any um, messages for us we give you permission. open invitation with yeah. me by the way <laughs> <laughs> any messages we said it at the same time so funny <laughs> Open invite. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's interesting too, specifically the dream piece, because dream journals and dreams, for those of us who aren't as open or... Um, you know, trusting in the waking space or or more distracted in the waking space, dreams are a really fertile place for our guides to communicate with us. And starting mm -hmm. a dream journal is actually a really powerful practice for developing your intuition because the dream wow. space bridges the gap between our subconscious mind, symbolism, feelings, which is how spirit communicates as well, and then bridges it up to us remembering it in our conscious mind. And that's the same muscle that wow. we're using in a reading. So, so um, just writing down, like, even if you can't remember things, did you feel something when you woke up? Did you see a color? Mm -hmm. How did you, how did your body feel when you woke up? Can you remember anything, a word you heard or somebody that visited in a dream, et cetera, et cetera. So dream work is really powerful for that as well. And do you think sometimes with dreams, do you think that that is another like portal, another way for us to get messages from our spirit guides, from our angels? Because I keep having this reoccurring dream and I think it's maybe some trauma from like my first love ever and he always shows up in my dreams, like recurring, uh, like at least like once every two weeks. And I'm always trying to apologize to him for breaking his heart. And there's like mm -hmm. this yearning to be back in that kind of young love. And it's the, sa it's the same sort of feelings, but so often. And so then I inter I'm trying to interpret like, why is this person showing up in my dreams? Like, are they okay? I haven't spoken to them in 20 years or yeah. something, but also feel like, yeah. Oh, there's like uh, some untapped like shame about like breaking his heart or I feel bad about it that I'm like, it, it will not end. It has been three years of having that. I'm like, oh, I had another dream about that person. And I talked to my husband about it and I was like, yeah. they keep coming up in my dreams and I don't know why, but I've just, I write about it and I haven't, I haven't really acted on anything, but because um, I was like, maybe I need to write a letter and apologize for breaking his heart. But like in those situations, like, do you act on them yeah. or is it just like to have a piece of information? 
So dreams are so multifaceted. In the work of Dr. Michael Lennox, he says that every person that shows up in a dream represents something about us. And so everybody that shows up in a dream represents some part of our psyche. So maybe there's a part of you that needs to forgive yourself for that time period that doesn't have as much to do about that person outside of yourself. And it might be communicating that. That's one part of it. But the second part is I would take that dream and sit with it and meditate on it and see if it's a full body yes to you that you actually do need to write that letter or if it's actually about going back to an unhealed version of self of maybe who you were at 21 and forgiving her for certain things, because that might be the deeper message for you. Um, Also, you know, with reoccurring dreams, this can be a big area for fear for people because they can have dreams that something awful is going to happen. And that's why the dream world is a very fine line because basically at the end of the night, our brain sheds memories. And that's like what our dream is. It's like a cleansing of the brain, basically like a shedding. Mm. And so some of it is just processing what happened from the day to day. And it's a very symbolic language. So if you have like a scary dream, I I wouldn't recommend you to immediately get dysregulated over it and believe the story of it. Um, Just sit with it, journal with it, pull cards about it, get more clarity. It's not the end all be all when you have a dream. That being said, sometimes our past loved ones visit us in a dream and that's different than our psyche speaking to us. And the way that you can tell that it's a past loved one visit is it will never be fearful. I remember when my mom first passed, I had these terrifying nightmares that these like evil demon creatures were disguising themselves as my mom and trying to like trick me. And it was like so scary. And a couple of weeks later, I had an actual dream visit from my mom and she just sat on the edge of the bed, put her hand on me and said, if it's fearful, it's not me. And that was the whole message. And so that's a message that I take for everyone because it's easy for us to process our grief, our trauma, the complex emotions around losing someone and then be like, is my past loved one in spirit mad at me? Are they suffering? What's going on? But they're not. Every single person I've ever connected to in spirit is back to oneness in the most beautiful way. Um, And... Yeah. So I think with dream visits, the way you can tell it's a dream visit is one, it's never fearful. Two, it's usually a very simple message. And it can either be I love you or I'm proud of you or I'm always here or if it's fear, it's not me. It's usually not a long diatribe like fear. It's kind of Mm -hmm. parallel to the messages I gave about intuition versus fear. Um, And then also, it usually leaves you waking up feeling some type of deep emotion. It usually Mm -hmm. either is a deep opening of your grief and the crying and the healing that needs to be released from your heart. It's feeling their energy. It's knowing that they were there. It impacts you in waking life in a deep way. And that's how you can know it was a visitation. Sometimes you see a strong color around them. Um, Oftentimes your past loved ones will come in like as a younger version of self, as a version of self they felt really healthy in um, and how they want to you to remember them. This actually kind of reminds Mm. me of something I wanted to say about when people ask me about what happens when we die and the complexity of that, because 
I believe that time and space is actually quantum and that our physical body experience limits us to just being on one timeline. And that's why it's so energetically complicated for us that we can never perceive it, that somehow I'm here doing this interview and I'm also being born and I'm also in another version. And that's like Mm. that question of how do our past loved ones incarnate into a new person, but also still communicate to us? And I personally believe Mm. it's because we live in a quantum reality where their consciousness is still alive through our love and that reality is connected here, but that their soul isn't just hanging out around us. It's doing other things on other timelines at the same time. And our perception in this body is not enough to really process that. It's even like hard to talk about. I actually like it's so cool that you said that because I had a um, when my dad died, I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I was always wondering, like, I wonder if they cross paths, you know, as he was leaving this world and then she was going to be coming into this world. Mm -hmm. And I remember after I lost him at some point, I had this dream. I don't remember if it was before or after I gave birth, but I had a dream and he he came up to me and I was at a party and um, it felt very tropical and he came up to me and, and I saw him and I was like, dad, dad, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, well, I never left. And I was oh. like, what? No, you died. Like, I just did your memorial. Like mm-hmm. you were gone. Like you're not. And he was like, no, I've always been here. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here. I've always been here. And I remember like waking up thinking like, did he not die? Is he is he here but he's like somehow disappeared I'm like no 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 but you know how you're in that weird dream state as you're like waking up and you're just like wait is that real was it real did I see him yeah and it was such a funny like I called my mom immediately Mm -hmm. and was like oh my gosh like dad just came to me in the stream um but when I was five years old and my great grandmother who I was very close to she died she came to me as well and she came to me in sepia tone Mm. like brown and cream it was a um it was actually from a photograph from when she was younger she was it was this like sepia tone photograph and she there was a knock at the door and I opened the door and it was her and she was all in sepia tone and everything else was like normal color and she gave me a big hug and told me like I'm still here Mm -hmm. and Uh, I like jumped into her arms and I was like we were so connected in such an amazing way when I was young and I have so many memories of her even though I was so little when she died but when she did that I always kept that with me and thought like she's just here she's She's always here here. and every time I saw her like sepia tone photo I was like, that's her. That was exactly her in my dream. You know, oh, like, so beautiful. It's just so cool. And Taylor, you were talking about quantum physics and just the idea of, um, you know, it all existing at the same time. Okay, so I knew nothing about this until a few years ago. And I started looking more and more into it. And I was like, this is what I believe. I think as like human beings, we want to cling on to the, like, what, what do we believe? Like, how can we put words to the feelings that we have? And so I was like, quantum, quantum science. And then I got really excited because the 2022 Nobel 
prize in physics was awarded to these three scientists for their contributions to understanding quantum entanglement. And when that happened, I was like, see, does everyone see this? This is what I've been trying to say. I mean, they just, they just won the Nobel (laughs) prize in physics. Like, come on. Like this, this is the science behind this belief system (laughs) that I've been banging on about. So that was a really exciting moment for me. And I, like anyone I could tell, I was like, they won the Nobel prize. Do you see this? They won the Nobel prize. (laughs) Absolutely. And I don't think there's a separation between science and magic. I feel like Mm -hmm. magic is just unprecedented proven science or science that they haven't discovered yet. And um, I think that that is so exciting when it finally catches up (laughs) to what our (laughs) hearts already know. Um, But I was going to say about that dream and everything, how the significant portals of spiritual awakening are really birth and death. Those are two of the really big ones. It's not the only ones, but birth and death. Um, And so a lot of people start their spiritual journey or have their spiritual awakening when they lose someone and their past loved one in no uncertain way shows that they're still there. And then that has a domino effect that awakens them to a deeper spiritual truth. And so I think that is just so, so powerful as a initiation into deeper spiritual truth as well. And that's something that is part of the gift of the experience. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I mean, that's amazing. Taylor, this has been so awesome. I want you to talk a little bit about your courses and like some of the work that you're looking to get into. And um, just tell us a little bit about that and where people can like find you and um, all of those things. And I'm doing the courses right now. And they're amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. That I've been doing them really on set um, in my trailer. Oh, that's amazing. That's honestly iconic. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. So Instagram is the best place to connect with me. My Instagram is at angels and amethyst with underscores in between. There are a lot of fake accounts pretending to be me. So just know I'm the only verified one. Um, you can find all other information on angels amethyst.com that's where you can join the wait list you can find my workshops i recommend starting with the be your own angelic intuitive workshop for people who want to explore their own connection to angels the healing the witch wound workshop for really connecting with your inner power your inner witch your inner magic source um, and then there's also a love life workshop that you can take which is basically navigating the dating and love life world from a higher connection connected perspective and using your spiritual toolbox to attract a soulmate connection. Um, Code 333 gives you $33 off. And if you decide to sign up for one of the workshops, I will answer one email question per lesson on the subject matter. So I will guide you through the experience as well. Um, And so when you join the reading wait list, you also get an email on how to connect with me sooner. So I hope to connect with you all soon. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. It's amazing. It's been so (laughs) next level sitting. I have been sitting in my trailer and I was pulling cards for Sarah, like from afar in Australia. I'm watching (laughs) your, I'm watching these um, workshops and I'm listening to you speak. And it's just, I have this like tiny little trailer. And every time someone comes in to mic me or knock on the door, they're like, what is she listening to? I've got my tarot cards out. I'm like, oh, my God, that's really just high fives in here, guys. 
Oh boy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh my so god. Amazing. It's so oh my good. god. Well, I could talk to you for a million more hours, but me too. I was just gonna say I don't know if you wanted to talk at all about how you want to get into work with kids at all. You yeah. obviously don't have to touch that if you, yeah. unless you want to. No, I do plan as one of my 2024 offerings, something I'm currently working on and developing is a workshop on how to best equip spiritually gifted kids and how to raise your <sighs> kids not to mute or dim or deny or fear their spiritual gifts. And of course we can't control their journey, but we can just be the best stewards of their spiritual practice. Um, especially if you're anything like I was at a kid as a kid, there will also be a lot in there into energy clearing and how to make your kid feel safe. If they're saying, seeing things when they go to sleep, which was my experience mm. and just everything I wish I would have known at that time. And so um, angels is my website. And if you join my email subs- subscriber list, you will get the information about that. so cool I love that I'm definitely wanting to sign up for all the things (laughs) um Thank you so much. I was just such an, a, a, a like a moment for me, as I was saying, when I was listening to the podcast, I was like, I know I'm supposed to like talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so excited that you came on to the podcast. And um, thank you. This is like, I feel so emotional after this conversation. But um, I'm just so grateful that you're here. And um, I know that our daisies, one of the big things that they were asking for is more conversations on this like spiritual and sort of intuition and tapping into this. So um, I'm really glad we were able to provide that today with you. And so um, you guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please check out Taylor Page at um, Angels and Amethyst and um, check out all of her courses and everything. And we love you, Daisy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Taylor. Bye. (laughs)